Around that same time, I, I was part of a mentoring program. I was a mentor with, with a bunch of guys. And the next year, I, I led a mentoring program with, uh, with some, some guys a generation younger than me. And what I observed or what I heard actually is that everyone was struggling with this. You know, we would ask a question, you know, what is the one thing that's getting in the way of you being the type of person you want to be or achieving what you're trying to achieve or, you know, having good relationships and everyone pulled out their phone. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are hearing this, you have once again tuned the Consequence of Habit podcast and this is your host, JT. You know, on this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with our guests about the impact that habits have played in their life, both good and bad. And we use these conversations to help us better understand the things that are in our control and the things that aren't. It helps us analyze the things we do on a daily basis and have an honest conversation about whether those things are adding value to our life or they're holding us back. So with that said, let's get it started. Hey, this week in the podcast, I sit down with Heath Wilson from Aro. Aro is a technology-based company that's helping reshape our relationship with technology. Picture this, you get home from work, you get home from wherever, and you got this aesthetically pleasing box that you place your phone in. It charges your phone and it keeps track of the amount of time that you're not on it with the hopes of you sitting with your family, sitting with yourself, building deeper connections with humans, not with electronics. Heath and co-founder Joey Odom d- developed this company because of their own relationship with technology. They realized it was monopolizing not just not just their time at work, but, but their time at home as well. I've been pretty vocal about my own relationship with technology and how it's, it's been an issue. So I was really excited to have this conversation. Hey, you guys have heard me talk about the workshops that we're doing here at Consequence of Habit and, and how impactful they are, how much they've, they've helped people uh, to change their habits, to, to really make some positive changes in their life. If you guys want to be part of that, you want to have a little skin in the game on that, uh, then head over to consequenceofhabit.org, hit the donate button, be part of this movement. If you guys understand our mission, if you back our mission, um, then then be more than just a listener. We ask you to, to actually step up and, and show a little love, show a little support, and let's let's make this thing this thing grow. Thank you. Uh, without further ado, please welcome the podcast, Keith Wilson. Everybody, we're back here at the Consequence of Heaven podcast. Today, I am, man, I'm, I tell you what, I've been really excited about this one, but I'm sitting down with Heath Wilson from, from Aro. It's Go, is it, is it company Go Aro? Is it, because that's what's on the website, right? Or is it just the company itself is Aro? It's Aro. Aro is tough okay. to find as a domain. So Go Aro makes it a, makes it a verb, gives us some action. We like it. I like it too. All right. So, we're going to get into exactly what that is, but this idea of living life undistracted. We are, I, I mean, I just, I, th- I think I told you this last time we spoke, but I just gave this whole talk about how habits in my mind are more important than they've ever been before because mm-hmm. we are just constantly being bombarded by things that distract us. So whether that be chemicals, technology, uh, you know, video game, whatever it is, we're, the, the idea of actually spending quality time either with ourselves or with our family members, um, well, it's, it's, it just doesn't happen very often. So, yeah. uh, and then there's a concept that always comes up on this podcast and that is what stands in the way becomes the way where we see these challenges mm. in our life. Um, if, if we look at it the right way, we, they become opportunities. So with that said, 
everyone who listens to this on a regular basis knows I have a issue with my relationship with technology. I'm, I'm, um, it's this little rectangle of dopamine inducing, <laughs> it's like, it's this constant thing that's in, in my pocket from the sounds of things, uh, uh, the sounds of things it's, that's been an issue for you at, at some point in your life, which is going to lead us into exactly, uh, uh, what RO is, but let's start off Heath. Where are you from? Where are you calling in from right now? Well, gosh, thank Great to be here. I am calling in from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, I lived in Atlanta for the last 23 years. I'm originally from Tennessee, so this was an easy move back to East okay. Tennessee. But but yeah, up here uh, close to the hills and you know, not necessarily known as a tech epicenter, but we're trying to change that. I like it. Is, is Atlanta, is, I mean, obviously Atlanta is, is great for a lot of different reasons, but is it known as a, as, a, as a tech city? In the Southeast, yeah, for sure. Is it? Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's let's talk about let's talk about the direction that you went, like wh- where you found yourself. Uh, maybe examining some parts of your life, going, "Hey, uh, I'm not super happy with the way this this uh, this this one thing in my life is going." And, mm. and I think that would be a good catalyst to kind of get to where we're going with it. Well, I think you hit on part of it a few minutes ago. I mean, most of us would agree that that thing we carry around in our pocket is our biggest source of distraction. And for me, this started way back in, gosh, probably 2006. I remember coming home from work one day. My wife and I had been married a couple of years. I walked up the stairs. We lived in this this condo, and I held up this thing called a BlackBerry. And I was so excited, right? I said, hey, I can respond to emails. Look at this keyboard and this cool thing. And her response was quite the opposite. <laughs> she, she said, oh, no, this thing is going to keep you connected, you know, even more so. Uh, than you already are. So again, this was, you know, 15 plus years ago and, you know, devices have gotten a lot better and a lot more captivating since then. And I've had, you know, iPhone one to iPhone, whatever we're on now. And it's just so powerful and so awesome. And don't get me wrong, as we talk about this, I am pro technology, I'm pro phone. In fact, today um, at my house, I had to open the garage door for someone working on the yard. And it was amazing to be able to do that instead of getting in the car and driving home. So it, it, it does so many things for our lives, but one area where I, I truly believe it's, it's a net negative is with relationships. Yeah. And that's kind of where this started. I just noticed that instead of looking at someone, instead of looking up, instead of being engaged, instead of being present, I was looking down. I was, I was captivated by what was on the screen. And for me, it was mostly work. I know, you know, other people have social media, um, hangups or, you know, shopping or somewhere in between. But for me, it was always work. And I just realized at some point, like, I've got to try something different. I've got to do something different, not only for me, but also for my family. I've got four kids at the time, three of them were middle schoolers. So they were approaching that, what I call that terrifying stage of, hey, I'm going to give my kid or my kids in this case, you know, infinity in their pocket. And I really haven't taught them how to use it effectively. You not only taught them, and now I'm I'm flipping this in my my uh, into my own life here, but uh, not only have I not taught them, but I've given them poor examples. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I do. I call myself I was the worst role model for how to use technology appropriately. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think my kids are kind of sick of like, hey, dad's on this new kick on whatever this habit is. So that's you know that that that's got a trickle effect. So it's gonna like, hey, we're doing a sh- you know. A sugar fast, and and so I think everyone's <laughs> kind of sick or whatever the flavor of the, uh, of the month is. But 
uh, I mean, the, the, the science is there, right? I mean, for sure. We, we know, well, I don't even, I can't even say we know, we know there's, there's, a, uh, there's some, uh, negative effects of, of social media. I mean, that's a, that's a scientific fact. Um, and I quoted here before, and, and this is, this is not my own, uh, I didn't do the, the research, but uh, I quote, uh, Dr. Uh, Anna Lemke a lot. Mm. And she wrote a book called Dopamine Nation and she's got an amazing, I think it's like an eight minute video and it talks about, Hey, the, the richest countries in the world have the highest rates of depression, yeah. uh, anxiety, pain, suicide, addiction. And this isn't a dir- direct correlation with, with technology, but, but I, I, just from my own experience, I believe that's part of it. I mean, there's 100% that's gotta be part of, of, of what's going on. It's like, this is an experiment happening in real time. Um, you felt the negative effects of it. And, and what, how long would you say from the time you like, were you really thinking about that? Like where, Hey, this is, this is an issue, but, but not to the point where you're willing to, to make some changes. Mm. You know, I, I wrote, I'll call it a quasi business plan, but I wrote basically a couple pages of, of what I was feeling at the time. This was in 2016. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I threw that into an email folder. I knew it was an issue, but I wasn't willing to change it at that point. You know, I was on the tail end of, of a business that I had been, uh, that I co-founded and been running. So, you know, in, in some ways you get your identity wrapped up in, in success and, um, you know, that business had some, some tremendous success. So I, I felt like I needed to be there. I felt like I needed to work. Um, so it was one of those things that said, well, maybe once I'm done with this, then I'll circle back to, you know, this relationship that I have with my phone. And that, that happened. So I, you know, we, we ended up selling that company and I had some time to reflect on, you know, here are the good things that happened. And here are some of the areas of my life where I just needed to be better. Around that same time, I, I was part of a mentoring program. I was a mentor with with a bunch of guys. And the next year, I, I led a mentoring program with uh, with some, some guys a generation younger than me. And what I observed or what I heard actually is that everyone was struggling with this. You know, we would ask a question, you know, what is the one thing that's getting in the way of you being the type of person you want to be or achieving what you're trying to achieve or, you know, having good relationships and everyone pulled out their phone. And for me, it was the aha moment at that point to say, all right, well, this isn't just a Heath thing, right? This is, this is a, you know, human thing. And again, to your point about data, I mean, I think it's 87% of us keep our phone within arm's reach 24 hours a day. So we're not just using it when we're awake, you know, we're sleeping with it beside us at night as well. So the data is overwhelming. And, you know, at this point, you know, this is an experiment. We're 15 years into the iPhone, you know, smartphones. And, you know, for most of us, we're learning it on the fly and we haven't been taught. Um, and I just felt like we just haven't built the right system. We haven't built the right environment for us to have, you know, productive relationships with these devices. Yeah. So the first time you and I spoke on the phone, I don't know if this was the analogy you used, but, but, it's the accepting uh, the fact that that these things that we carry around with us uh, are so tied to our identity. And like you mentioned, hey, this is part of our identity. And, and that that comes in so many different forms, right? So as a business founder, somebody who who's in charge, I mean, of course, that's going to be, it's your lifeline, yeah. this baby that you've built. Yeah. Uh, to some people, it's <clears throat> their social media. To some people, it could be sports. It could be so many different things. And there's a lot of really freaking smart people that built these things that understand <laughs> the human brain, yeah. right? It's, and and 
uh, understanding loopholes in it that, and really can sink their, their, their claws into, um, into kind of what drives us. Yeah. So, so 2016, you write this down. Yeah. I mean, you've got a, a, a business plan had, had, was it something you had tried before saying, Hey, I'm just going to cut down on, on my, my technology use or just change my relationship. And, and it, and it hadn't worked out. I think I'd performed a few mini experiments, but it was mostly what you described earlier, you know, the kind of the detox, I'm going to quit sugar, you know, those types of things. Yeah. I'll put my phone, you know, away at this time of night or I'll put it in a box or put it in the drawer. It just never happened. I mean, honestly, you know, James Clear talks a lot about this in Atomic Habits and, you know, environment is always stronger than, than willpower. It always outpaces willpower. And, you know, I, I consider myself to be a person that has a lot of willpower and I failed pretty miserably, honestly, trying to do that. So it occurred to me that this thing is more captivating than I'm, than I have the control to, to put down. And therefore I kind of gave up, honestly, at one point I said this, you know, look, this is just where I'm at in life. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to capitulate, I guess. Um, so yeah, I just haven't found, or honestly, I haven't found a lot of folks. I mean, some people have charging stations in their house and they say, Hey, we're going to put our phones downstairs before we go to bed. And I think those are good. You should have some you know, some rules around how you use devices. But frankly, we just haven't found that a lot of people are being successful because these devices are so, you know, uh, captivating and alluring. And I don't know about you, but when I have my phone, I use it. And I, yeah. I might just check the weather. I might check a sports score. I may hear a song, wonder who sings it. Like there's a thousand reasons. Usually that is a rabbit trail that, you know, leads to 45 minutes of something I didn't even realize I was doing. So, we found, or I found, that the only way for me to truly take a break is to not have it in my hand. And that's really where this idea started. Like, we have a place for everything else, for most things in our life, right? We know where we put our clothes, our silverware, our, you know, park a car in a garage. We haven't defined a place for this device, in particular, our smartphones. And as a result, for most of us, they live in our pocket, you know, most of the day. 100%. Um, and, and I know you, uh, and I think I've heard, uh, both, uh, you and, and, and your co-founder, uh, uh, Joey Odoms say that I, I don't think you use the word uh, addicted to your phone, but, uh, I, I know I, there's a feeling of when it's not in my presence, it's almost like that, that slot machine, that what if, what, like what's on there that I'm not seeing, uh, and, even if you don't want to use the word uh, addiction, there is a human draw to mm. it, like this thing. Like I need, and and I've really, I've spent some time thinking about it and there there's, and this could be social media. I mean, I, we'll just go with, with your phone in general that it, it really is tied to some of the most basic of human needs, right? So people there's, we have this, this need, what we're tribal, this need to connect yeah. to other people. Um, some people it's, it's used to, uh, you know, instead of dating, right. And we have like online dating. So now you, now you're even getting into this thing where of finding a, a, a spouse or a mate of, of whatever kind that, again, this is, these go back to basic human <laughs> thing. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, what did you say? I, I, before I, before I get my kids infinity, Inf- infinity in their pocket. Yeah. It is, Which man. it really is. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would say, I mean, we'd like to say that we don't think most people are addicted. We just think they've developed bad habits. Yeah. Okay. I like it. 
Um, certainly there, you know, look, there are, I'm sure there are, are, you know, those that, that have a true addiction to their phone. I'm not, I'm not, you know, dismissing that, but I think for most of us, um, we've just developed bad habits. And as a result, because the phone is so well-designed and captivating because it does connect us, right. You know, social media originally started as a way to connect people. Um, and because you can you know, find your tribe on there, in many cases, it does become an escape, you know, for us at all hours of the day, any, any boredom moment, any, uh, any, any awkward moment, frankly, you know, the, the days of standing in line at, uh, at the coffee shop and just looking around and waiting for your coffee are probably behind us. And I know, look, in the past on trains, people would read papers and read books and do other things. So we had different ways to keep us, you know, engaged and to remove those awkward moments. But, um, but we all see it. I mean, we're in restaurants, we walk around, we, we see that most people when they have a spare moment or when they're, you know, by themselves are, are looking at their phone. And again, when it's with you, you're going to do something with it. So we're, you know, we're not trying to solve, you know, for the out and about scenario necessarily. We're trying to solve for when you return to, you know, your home. And most of us want to be more, if we have, you know, a partner or spouse or kids at home, most of us do actually want to be connected with those most important to us. And if this is getting in the way for, for me personally or my wife or my kids, now that I've got, I've got three kids that have phones. So you know, there are five of these infinitely powerful devices in our house at any one time. And man, it's it's really hard to connect when someone's on their phone or the phone's even on the counter or it's even within, you know, distance where you can see it. Not to mention if the ringer's on or it's buzzing. So, you know, we're really trying to solve for, hey, how can we get to a place where we've defined, defined a place for your phone? We reward you um, and encourage you and nudge you along the way to take some time away from it. But really the reward is like those interactions and those connections and the relationships you have once you put those phone, once you put your phone down or even reading a book or what we even say, look, if all you do is watch TV without a second screen, that's a huge win. If all you do is go to sleep at night and put your phone somewhere beside your bedside, bedside table, that's a huge win as well. There, there are so many deeper connections and, and really, uh, it's, it's prioritizing those deeper connections. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that the phone offers, it offers these quick, uh, surface level connections with people, but they're so easy. Hmm. It's, it's like, and if it's something that makes you feel good right away, uh, there's a really good chance it's, it's not great long-term, right? There's gonna be a shelf life on that. And then, uh, but the problem is. Uh, when when we get that and it's so easy that that's what brings us back it brings us back for more for more yeah um you know before we go any further because we've been talking for like 15 minutes and no one even knows what we're talking about <laughs> right? so let's 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 get to before we move on let's let's actually talk about what the ro box is yeah um and then we'll kind of get go a little bit further with it yeah well let me, so ro is a technology company first and foremost, and we use that technology to make it easy to put your phone down so that you can experience life. And and so we are, I'll say it over and over, we are pro-technology, we are pro-phone. This is this is not a shame and guilt business. Um, I've been in the technology world my entire career. So again, I, I leverage this day in and day out. What RO is, is basically a platform and a system that makes it easy to take breaks from your phone. And it consists of an app first and foremost, and that app traps tracks all of your progress. It encourages you, it nudges you. It, it's, it's a way for you to compete, a way for you to keep streaks. Basically we've taken 
taken all the kind of tips and tricks and secrets that social media in some ways uses. And we've used that for a good purpose to say, hey, let's take that. Let's make it easy. Let's make it rewarding for you to put your phone down. Where the box comes into play is it becomes the visual cue. So we built this beautiful box. It's wrapped in fabric. It's got a beautiful bamboo lid. Um, it's automatic. It, it automatically connects to your phone. You don't have to click a button. We removed all the friction and in terms of the technology of, of tracking your time. But it becomes a visual cue so that when you walk into your kitchen or living room or family room or somewhere in your house, you're like, ah, okay, there's the habit loop start. There's the visual cue. Now I feel a response to that. I put my phone in. I get a reward on the back end of it. So really the platform is built around the app. The box is just the thing that makes it work. Because all of us, frankly, have shoe boxes and drawers and baskets and other places we could put our phone, but those just haven't worked for most of us. Yeah, and there's something about starting, starting fresh, right? Starting with this something new and, and and having a truly designated place. And I love the fact that you say, like, we're not here to shame people, because the reality is, we've all felt the shame already. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I I compare that that Sunday when your iPhone. Uh, activity report, right? Like your time, your screen time thing comes in to when I was drinking, bringing uh, my recycling container out on Sunday, right? Like that was my deal. <laughs> I was like, this, this bitch is kind of full, right? And and I honestly, I feel the same thing on, uh, on it happens on Sunday yeah. when it, when Apple pushes that out to everybody. Well, and you can think of RO as basically the, your equivalent, but an off screen time. So, Hey, how did you spend your week off screen? So again, once you've used it, when you take your phone out, it gives you the ability to say, hey, this was quality time with family. Hey, I went, you know, I went on a walk with a dog. Hey, I read a book. So you're basically journaling all the things you do when you're not on your phone. And, you know, if anyone has done actual journaling, you know, writing down and looking back in time, man, that's so rewarding to say, hey, this day a year ago, I had this feeling or I experienced this or I did that. You know, having that in electronic form basically say, hey, look, over the last month, Heath, you've spent eight uninterrupted hours with your family at dinner, or you've read for two and a half hours, or you've done 15 walks, you know, with the dog. Like that's, that's pretty motivating and powerful to me to know that, hey, I've been pretty intentional about how I've spent that time away from my device. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like closing your loops on your Apple watch, right? Like even as something as small as that, you or going back through your Strava from the last month when you had a great month and you can go, hey, and you can feel proud of it. And, and there's a lot of times when it comes to technology that pride isn't the, the first word that comes to my mind. And that's the number one word that, that our uh, customers have used when they describe how they feel after an RO session. They say, I'm so proud of myself that I put this phone down and did something intentional instead. And you mentioned fitness apps. So we actually built the app much like fitness apps. So we're closing rings. You know, We're using the same motivators because I found those motivating as well. So if you want to use it on your own, you've got motivators. If you want to connect with a group, you know, you're fit, put your family in a group, you've got motivators. If you want to add friends to a group and you'll know, compete with them, there's just a bunch of different ways you can use it to keep you, keep you going forward. Habits have, have played a pretty important role in your life. Sounds like for, for quite a while. Um, how long is it just been something inherently you focused on, on, on really looking at the things we do uh, every day or, or is it fitness? Like what, what were habits that really stood out to you as, as ones that, that impacted your life? I've always maintained a pretty decent level of fitness and that does require some level of, you know, habitual commitment. Um, I do jump around, I get bored easily. So I may do 
whatever triathlons for a couple of years, CrossFit run, you know, in between. Um, so I do have to vary it up to keep me engaged. Um, but it's, it has been something I've been able to maintain. And I, certainly there have been periods where I've just, you know, fallen off the wagon for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But overall, over the course of the last, let's call it 20 years, 30 years, I've been pretty consistent. There are other habits that I, you know, journaling is a good one. Um, I tried for years to journal. And I realized one day that I was just, I was expecting too much. And what I mean by that was I would open up, you know, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and try to write a page. Well, that's, that's a, that's a big commitment. Someone turned me onto a journal that was five lines, you know, a day and you get to look back over five years. It's, it's a brilliant way to do it. So that's maybe much more consistent on, on the journaling front. Um, you know, even, even eating healthy foods, I think is somewhat of a habit. Um, Oh, 100%. You know, getting up in the morning and, and starting your day off right is a habit. So, yeah, I mean, now the one thing I do, and and I think you mentioned this as well, is I do like to kind of challenge myself, these little micro challenges. So I try to come up with, you know, clever names for the month or, you know, just ways to keep myself, um, you know, motivated. What I found over time, though, with most habits is that it's way easier to do it with more than one person. You know, yeah. I've got a lot of willpower. I've got a lot of discipline, but not that much. So you know, if, if I'm going to go for a run at 6am, I could probably find an excuse not to do that. But if I'm, if I'm on the hook with someone else or a couple guys, chances are I'm going to show up and get it done. And, and that goes back even to the deeper connection, because when you, when you go through stuff like that, if you're going to get up early and you and, and another person or another group of people gets up early, uh, that, that just builds a deeper connection. Man. Yeah. A lot of things we, we're trying to do here is, is building connection through a, through a shared purpose and challenge. Um, because it's, you mentioned triathlons and, and that's been one, people are probably sick of me harping on this, but I, I've just, I mean, I haven't even done a triathlon, right. But I, I the one passes right in front of my house and I'm always just blown away. Uh, I, I'm serious, but I'm blown away by, by, um, the support that they give each other. And it doesn't matter with their fitness level, right? You had some people that, that look like they're, they're, they're getting ready to go to the Ironman, uh, in Hawaii that in, in a month and other people that, that just bought a bike from Walmart. It's, you know, it's, it, it's fun to see those tribes uh, interact with each other. Cause I've experienced it in the, in the triathlon world. I've experienced it for many years in the CrossFit community. And I think in some ways that's why those boutique fitness, you know, gyms work because you get to know people, you know, versus the, the mega gyms where you walk in and you just, you know, lift a few weights and you're out and you don't really kind of create a, create a relationship with anyone there. So, and look, we're, you said it early, we're all, craving connection right and and again this was if we go back to social media this was the the hope and the promise of social media is that it opened the world up to us so we could you know get those connections um but ultimately we're wired as people to have connection and i think one of the beautiful things about ro is that it helps forge that you know particularly in the home it's really easy and i say this as a father of four it's really easy to come home from a day of work say hi to my spouse or my kids and then just jump back on the computer or walk outside and do something else. You, you have to be intentional about, because we don't have that much time, right? I mean, 18 years and, and with, with children goes by pretty fast. Um, so I want to make the most of that, right? And I feel like I missed a lot of it because I was working too much, because I was connected too much to my devices. And, you know, with this little amount of time that I've got left, it's, I really want to be intentional about saying, Hey, this thing that's in my pocket, 
I know is my number one distractor. And it might not be for everyone, but for me it is. And I was, and in fact, when I called Joey, I said, Joey, I'm going to solve this for my family. And if I solve it for mine, I think I can solve it for others, but it's starting with me. Right. And that's where this passion started. It was like, I just, it has to be different. It can't be this way. Right. And, and it's been effective. We've been using it in our house for a couple of years and it's, it's kind of changed everything. So you start this, this company, you, you, you breezed over it, but you, you sold it to another company. It sounds like it was a very successful company. You take some time, you see this thing as a challenge and you start a new company and this new company being based around, uh, building a, a healthy relationship with our technology. Mm-hmm. Were those old patterns hard to get out of? Because you're you're founding, you're a founder again. <laughs> You've got a new baby that needs to be uh, taken yeah. care of and, and watched over. Uh, what was that experience like? And and was there ever any times where you're like, oh, geez, I'm just being a hypocrite right now? Like, what was that? What does that look like? Well, I will tell you. I mean, one of the things we did differently with this company is we we outlined and specified you know, some of the non-negotiables when we started. Right. And I think that's always important to say, like, these are the things, if we're going to do it differently, let's do it differently. And let's define what that looks like and what that means. So even with, with, you know, my wife and Joey and his wife, you know, we sat down as a, as, as two couples and said, all right, what's important to us? What are we not going to allow? You know, Joey can call my wife at any time and ask her how things are going and vice versa. So, you know, it created a little bit of accountability so that if we were getting, too wrapped up or off the rails or becoming, you know, hyper, um, hypocritical, then we'd have, you know, someone to point that out. But I would also say I'm a little bit older, a little bit more mature. So, you know, probably don't fall into that, um, you know, identity trap in, in business as much as I did in the, the first time around. But that only comes frankly for me anyway, with, with, with age. But yeah, I mean, there's nights where I'm, uh, it's funny, I don't know, a few weeks ago, the power went out at the house. So I used my phone as a flashlight to go upstairs and lo and behold, I'm watching the Braves game 30 minutes in my bed. And I'm like, how did this, how did this happen? You know, I've got a business built around this. So, um, so even, so even I fail uh, and continue to fail, but, um, but because I have, you know, a solution and a system in place in the house, it tends to more often than not, I'm pretty good about, you know, about being intentional. You know, it was something we talk about uh, when when people adopt change. Doesn't matter if it's a healthy change or not. That there's a period of time that are that is going to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah, and there has to be an acceptance around that. And, and you correct me because I don't I don't want to put words in 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 our our company's mouth, but this seems like it. it not completely mitigates, but maybe makes that process a little bit easier as, as you start to transition from from just this thing monopolizing your time uh, to something that that has uh, a place, a time and a place for use, and and but but also prioritizing your 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 deeper connections with, like you said, not just your family, but with your with your with yourself. Yeah. Well, we like to say when you change the relationship with your phone, you change the relationship with everyone around you, including yourself. And, you know, to your question or to your point, we do say, give yourself some grace because it's not easy. Now we make it easier, but it'll never be easy. Look, it's not exercising your whole life is not easy. It does get easier, right? You develop some habits around it and you feel better and that way you want to do it more and more. Um, But good habits, they're hard, right? And again, you you can create ways to make them easier, 
but but they're never easy. If they were easy, we wouldn't have to worry about creating a habit around it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned everything changed in in your with your own experience. Uh, can you can you put in words like what what did that look like for you and, and your family as 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 you made that change? Yeah, a few things. So my experience is that when you tell someone to put their phone down, their immediate reaction is pretty negative, right? And and usually they'll justify why they're on it. And and let me let me just I'm looking in the mirror as I say this, right? So if my wife or my kids were to tell me to put my phone down, well, look, well, I'm working or I'm doing this or this is important. So I, I think that's universal. I think when we are challenged and, and someone points that out, our immediate reaction is to, is to go on the defense. Aro has created a way to have that conversation without the defensiveness. And it's become, in our house, it's been more of, hey, why don't we go Aro together? And that's, you know, you talked about go Aro earlier. That's kind of how that concept came together. So instead of me saying, my wife's name's Misty, instead of me saying, Misty, hey, I think you should put your phone down. I'm like, hey, Misty, why don't we go Aro together? It totally diffuses, you know, that conversation or removes that, you know, that posture. The other thing I've noticed is, you know, we don't, our entire family puts the phone in the RO every night. And I just assumed that most families did that. But when I talk to my kids, they're like, no, 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 no. This is, we are the outlier. You know, a lot of our friends are texting and snapping and, you know, communicating wee hours of the morning. So for me, it's a game changer just to know that my kids are getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, it's been a struggle. Uh, not to go into too many details, but I think across the board, well, I mean, everyone knows it. it's the biggest topic of conversation uh, between parents and kids. Uh, but, but seeing other parents, I mean, you want to talk about hypocrites. We all are, right? Like this... It's very easy to to know what's what's right for us and what's you know what's healthy and what's not. But um, again, going back to examples, but I know with kids, I know with myself. I said, "Hey, I'm going to go to bed, I'm, but I'm going to play this game <laughs> real quick." <laughs> now, now he, I'm going to guess that we're around the same age. I'm 47 years yeah, old. Yeah, 48. Okay, and I found myself for for an embarrassing amount of time playing a freaking game on a phone. And it's, it's there that, it, uh, you know, I just, you realize that, that the effect that it has on our brain, the way it lights up parts of our prefrontal cortex, like there, there is definitely, uh, for me, and, and, I, and I do think there's other aspects, things like ADHD, that, mm. you know, video, we know we're going to, uh, so I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just, I, I definitely see the problem. I'm stoked to see there's a bit of a solution coming. Yeah, well, let me let me add one more kind of interesting observance since we've we've had this in the marketplace. We did beta tests for the last couple of years. So originally, we thought this platform is perfect for families with kids, either with phones or about to have phones, right? Because it gives you a place to put your phone. And that's true. Our kids use it, and it's great. What we've noticed is actually families with young kids, it's even better because the kids are trained not even trained, they observe and they view how their parents use this device. It's it's actually quite funny. It's become this unique, I call it reverse parental control device because you'll have a two or a five-year-old say, hey, mom, hey, dad, you know, put your phone away. Like, put your phone in RO. So, and, and imagine 10 years of that behavior. By the time that child gets a phone, their perspective on how these should be used and the relationship with them is so different 
than the generation today, right? It's one thing for my for me to go to my 16 year old and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to start something new. You mentioned it earlier. Like here's the newest thing we're working on. Well, I've got to change behavior, learn behavior. It's another thing to have them teach and observe behavior over a long period of time. So we're so excited to hear the feedback again from, from those families with young kids, but it is a warning. I mean, if, if you are worried about your kid kind of holding your, holding your feet to the fire, it happens and it happens often. Yeah, I need it. Honestly, I mean, and, and this isn't, I don't want to make this all about, about me, but, but that was one of even the things when I, when I made a decision to stop drinking was because of what I was showing. Mm. Now, obviously there was things about myself and, and, but, but as far as, as an example of what like adulting looks like, yeah. uh, and I think that there's, there is a, there's a large majority of, of adults that, that probably that, that aren't looking at their own relationship with, with technology through uh, a clear lens you know it's easy to you know put this on on kids but uh, you know yeah and i would tell you the other thing i've learned or i've I've experienced as well is you can't schedule quality time so uh, someone had a better quote than that i think they said quality time is only found through quantity time or through trash time and you don't even give yourself the ability to have those quality moments if you're always on your device so, I mean, I could tell you, I mean, I've got teenagers, right? There's some deep conversations that have to happen and those will just never happen if the opportunity is not there. So RO kind of gives, in this case, families the opportunity to even broach that conversation. And I can tell you, if that happens once with your daughter or once with your son, that otherwise wouldn't have happened, dude, I'd, I'd pay five years for that. I mean, it's hard to even put a price on, you know, oh, wow, we finally, or she finally, or she opened up, or he opened up, or well, I didn't realize that was going on, or oh my goodness, I didn't realize that big of an issue, or oh my gosh, I've, I've just been totally disconnected for the last couple of years. So to me, that's one of the beauties of this, is it just opens the door slightly for that to happen, whereas if you got a device in hand, it's not going to. I, I, this, I think it was over a year ago. I put something out on LinkedIn about improving habits. Like, what is this one habit if you can improve? And it, and it goes back to this, to your point earlier that you know during your mentoring, uh, you know, you ask people, "Hey, what, like, you've got this version of yourself that you 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 want to be, right?" Mm. Where we think about ourselves in a certain way, but uh, what compromises that? I know for a lot of people is is a relationship with 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 technology and. I, it's we've come so far that, you know, any stoplight, I, I'm in an airport <laughs> a lot, any, any airport is it, it's nothing. Like if Keith, can you imagine it was, it's 1985, right? And you, you stepped into a time machine to 20 to, to 2022 and you come out and you're at an airport. You would, you would think everyone is out of their effing minds. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And we are, we are. I mean, well, I told you the story earlier of me writing, um, I called it a business plan. Let's be honest. It was more of a musings and ramblings and a manifesto, but that night, actually what led to me writing that collection of words we'll call a business plan was I was in, I drove at this point in time, like a mid nineties Bronco sits up high. I was looking down, everyone's on their phones. Right. And, and this was before hands-free technology or hands-free rules. I should say as, as I'm driving, every person's on their phone. And I had 
two thoughts. The first was, wow, this is pretty dangerous. And I used to cycle and I thought, well, I'll never ride a bike again because I'm going to get plastered. But the second thought was, we just don't, we lack the ability to control these things. So I've had this, these thoughts out loud. I get to a red light, stoplight, and guess what? I pick up my phone and look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it hit me. It's like, I just, I'm, you know, I'm calling out everyone around me, but even I don't have the ability to, to not grab this thing. So you're right. So we're, you know, we're learning on the fly. We'll, we will figure this out. One of the things we like, we like to say, and I, I truly believe this is we're closer than we think we are. And I actually think the generation that's coming up now is recognizing it even more. I mean, my kids, my 16 year old, I've got twins, boy and a girl, and they'll clearly articulate that they have better times with their friends when they put their phones down and they'll intentionally do that. So I do think this generation is watching us and saying, ah, our parents, you know, my grandparents, they just are on this thing all the time. We want something different. And because they crave relationship, they're going to seek out ways to, to find that. I really hope so. Do, how how close uh, did, did your, your manifesto and, and the release of, of like Social Dilemma, like I, I, how close were those two? Because they couldn't be too far off, were they? Maybe a couple of years? Uh, it was three or four years before. But yeah, I mean you know, again, RO is not, we're not trying to solve for social media. We do know that if you have your phone less, you'll use social media less. There's that's just, you know, there's high correlation there. Um, <laughs> but part of it is, you know, look, um, I mentioned earlier when I'm, when I have my phone, I end up in a rabbit trail that I didn't intend to. So I think just by taking, you know, breaks and, and, and really just developing the relationship where it's not as important as it used to be, you probably use it less just by default. Yeah, social limo is great. I mean, I think it's, you know, it maybe it's a big tobacco moment. I'm not sure um, for for social media in particular, but we're really focused on because look, whether it's a phone or glasses or something embedded in your temple, I don't know. I mean, this technology is going to continue to evolve, and the relationship is really what we're focused on. It's not the actual, you know, what you're doing on your phone. Yeah, but it's the idea of free will, right? whether we have it or we don't, I mean, I would argue that we don't, but, but when we're talking about just technology, that accepting the fact that I cannot control this when it's in my person and being okay with that and then taking whatever steps necessary to, to, to mitigate that because that's free will, because we know, like you said, you're using a flashlight and, and next you know, it's, it's the, the seventh end. So. <laughs> Just the kind of the way it works. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, in you know, I think what's important to, to point out too is is social media can be can can be demonized, but whether we're on well for whatever reason we're on it, we're getting something from mm. it, uh, and we, and it's hard to break free from that. So I, I'm did it, you, listen. I already told my wife I'm getting one. I, there's there's gonna be one. There's gonna be one in our house. I love it. Um, if, if it was, even if it was just for me, because hmm. I know, you know there's, there's days and I'm sure you felt it where you just feel fried. Yeah. Uh, we need, everyone needs some time away from, from this distraction, this constant distraction, just to let your brain breathe and, and communicate with it, with the important things. I remember my, my wife said something so important to me one time I was, I was online, I was doing something and she's like, you realize none of that's real. Mm. That's not real. 
those those are people, but these interact like they're it's unreal. Well, look if if let's say you buy it and you you're the only one that uses it, what a great gift to give to your family. And I promise you, because we've seen it, everyone else joins on board because they see they'll see how you're different. They see how you're locked in. They'll see how you're looking at them. It 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 changes. So. And we've had amazing stories of people that are, I mean, some of the stories of why people have purchased are, will just break your heart and, and encourage you because they're like, look, this isn't for him or her. This is for me as a gift to them. Or I realize that I missed the last three years of this you know, relationship. I'm buying this so I can, you know, kind of reinvest there. And that's what it's all about, right? Because when you, when you don't have your phone in your hand, when you put it away, you give yourself the opportunity to reconnect and to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. All right, buddy, we're going to take a quick break to talk about my favorite, favorite beer company out there. That's Athletic Brewing Company. I've said it a million times on here, but these guys have been a huge part of my own process of, of getting rid of alcohol. Now, I don't care if you're like me and you're somebody that just stopped drinking altogether or maybe you just want to cut back. Maybe you got something going on with your family and, and you just don't, um, you shouldn't have booze in your system. Well, if that's the case, please check these guys out. Athleticbrewing.com. Use the promo code capital C-O-H-20 to get 20% off your first order. Some of the, mo- the, the, the things I'm most proud of I've, is when I didn't have something like they're distracting, right? Because that's where like deep thought comes, comes in. And we need it. Yeah, we really haven't even talked about that. I mean, there's an element of, in all of our research, the number one thing that people said they wanted to do and they put their phone down is read. Think about how much more you can get, you know, how many more books you can read when your phone's not in your hand or work. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, how much more productive can you be when you're not constantly, you know, checking the next notification that's on your phone? And particularly for creative work, you know, it's one thing to just to bang out emails. That's different. But if you're trying to think creatively or, or strategically or long-term, that's really hard to do with short-term distractions. So, I mean, in my mind, an RO unit, and in fact, you know, I, in my previous life, we had a, a big building with a bunch of conference rooms. In my mind, an RO lives in every conference room. It will lead to way more productive meetings. You'll be able to measure the productivity in those meetings. You'll be able to look as an organization and say, look at all this phone-free, engaged, productive time that we have together. So, yeah, I mean, there's an element of this just making you a better employee, making you a better boss, making you a better leader, certainly. That's brilliant. How many phones fit in it? This current version holds four, but it'll connect up to five. So we, we in our house, we can fit five into it and it does hold five. Okay. Is, is, are there, I mean, without giving too many plans away, but, but are, are there, um, is there, is there ever going to be a mobile, like what, what are, right now, like what, what are the plans? Yeah. I, I can't get words out of my mouth. Well, I mean, lo- look, long term. So we want you to have the ability to, you know, quote unquote, go RO everywhere. So obviously home's an easy place to start that because we can, we can control, um, you know, we can build something that fits well into a home. Mobile's a little more challenging because look, when you're out and about, you probably need your phone. You're using GPS, you know, you're, you're, you're connecting with people. But when you sit down at the restaurant, wow, wouldn't it be nice to have a way to, to put your phone into that mode and actually engage. So we're iterating around, you know, mobile versions that will make, you know, certain um, instances or certain scenarios 
work for our because I want to get credit for that. That's another thing we learned in our testing. People love getting credit for the time they're off their phone, and that's what keeps them coming back. So, look, if I went for a trail run two days ago, I would have loved to have gotten 51 minutes of credit for my trail run. When I go to dinner with my wife, I would love to get you know an hour and ten minutes worth of RO credit for you know being intentional. So that is something we're going to to focus on in the future. And then I think a lot of the the product development will be dependent on you know feedback and adoption. We've had interest from the hospitality sector. Um, I think this could be an incredible kind of employee wellness benefit. Um, you know, instead of buying your you know you know employees fifteen hundred R Pelotons, give them something that says you care about them, like. Hey, when you're away from the office, we give you a way to disconnect. So it'll it'll be dependent on kind of what the market kind of directs us after this this first launch. He, you you've now built two companies. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, the habits have been a really important thing in your life. Who were some of your mentors, people that you've kind of looked up to and 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 helped to to guide the way that you live your life? The pivotal point for me. Well, my dad has always been a, a great, a great mentor in terms of just doing the right things, having the right approach to life, and and some of that included habits. Certainly, uh, the pivotal moment for me, though, as a man, um, was going through that mentorship program. It really just unearthed, you know, helped me understand how to be better, and a lot of that was habit based. Again, whether that's praying or journaling or devotionals or exercising, you know, diet, everyone machine, or just, you know, taking time out to have a conversation with those that are important to me. Um, that was probably the moment in my life where I said, all right, you know, this is what is important. And these are the things I have to put in place in my life and the environment I need in my life to make these things happen on a regular basis. Was that, is that a faith-based one you went through? Was it like, what did it, it, it did have, yeah, it did have a faith underpinning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people looking for that. Um, I think there's, a, there's this, we're going to go off on a, on a tangent here, but yeah, I think there's a lot of men that are, that are, uh, seeking those types of things, right? Like, you know, there, there's, who's, who's the author of the, the 12 habits, um, Jordan Peterson. Mm, oh yeah. So kind of, like, there's a lot of people looking for, uh, ways to hold themselves accountable and to actually grow up, like to be a man. I think there's a lot of people. Kind yeah. Of well, I've noticed, and I, you know, this isn't Heath's. I have noticed this, but I, you know, people way smarter than me have have identified this as well. Men generally have way more difficulty being vulnerable, yeah. right? And and true friendship is hard to create without vulnerability. And it's only when, you know, you can look at someone and say, oh, you know, me too, or you too, that you start to connect, right? People always say like, people admire your strengths, but they connect with your weaknesses. And I think too many of us guys, you know, try to act like everything's okay and we're doing great. We'll be fine. We'll power through it. You know, kind of the stoic philosophy. And and there is a certain beauty in understanding like, hey, we've all got something going on in our life that's hard, right? And And understanding that kind of, helps you exhale and just connect with people better. But it's tough to do that. It's really tough to do that. True vulnerability is really, really difficult. Yeah, it, it will definitely connect people. And I and, and this this isn't just a shameless plug for Aura, but, but going even back to technology, I, that's where I think there's an opportunity. You know, we grow up uh, seeing people having an issue not 
being able to stop something, mm. right? Like say wh- whatever it is. And, and, and you, a lot of times we look at that as a, as a, a lack of moral character or a flaw or a, a mental weakness. But what I think the, the opportunity here with technology is it's something almost all of us can relate to yeah. and we can see it in our own lives. And because of that, you have empathy for others that, that, that might be, I mean, even looking at addiction to me, gave me empathy for all kinds of people. And, and, you know, I even found if I was having a bad, if I'm having a bad day, I'm on my phone more than I normally yeah. would. And like, why is that? Well, I'm not comfortable sitting in between my ears right now. So there's this tool that's always there to take me away. Uh, we, we know that's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, tr- I truly believe that technology is the only solution to our technology problems. Right. Mm. Um, because I can tell you, I don't want a flip phone. You know, I don't want a home phone connected to a cord. I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get an electric car one of these days. You know, like I, I'm, I'm thinking about the future. I don't hearken back to a day where we didn't have some of the, you know, some of the ease that technology provides to us. But as we're learning, it comes with the downside. But I think the technology is a solution, ultimate solution to that downside. Yeah. I'm curious what maybe, and maybe this is just going back to my flavor of the month, what, what a small digital fast and then incorporating this into uh, somebody's life. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll, maybe I'll, I'll be, I'll be your guinea pig and maybe that's what I'll do. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Well, how many times, so I actually, we just, before I jumped on this, this uh, podcast, um, we had a call with a gentleman who just got back from a week long retreat where there were no phones. And I've had this conversation 30 times over the last couple of years with 100% of people that return from that. All they can talk about is how great it was. I mean, how awesome it was to be disconnected, how much they grew, how much they rested, you know, restoration, refreshed. Now the trick is how can you sustain that? once things get back to normal, right? Because we all realize there's value in that. And really, I think that's that's our hope with RO. Our hope with RO is that it becomes a sustainable part of your lifestyle. We always say, this is not a product business. This is a lifestyle business. Just like exercise is a lifestyle. Like You need something to keep you going. You know, the, the, Again, the phone, there's going to be another version and another version and another version and another version. And we're going to be right there beside it, trying to give you the tools to take breaks. If we, this goes back to just how insane we are. 100% of people that disconnect for a week feel amazing. <laughs> Yet the hard part is not going back to the way we were doing things. Now it's, 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 it's crazy, man. Like if, if you ask somebody, Hey, what do you need to be? To, what do you need to do to be healthy? They would tell you everything you need to do. And, and they would tell you that version of themselves would probably feel great. Uh, but for some reason, um, because of the human experience, we we sabotage that. So, well, we're in October, right? Hey, October good. sober you, sober October happens. You know, you always hear the the, the clever names, right? Oh, yeah. So, you, most people get to the end of October, like, oh, I can't wait to have a drink. And they're like, Well, how was the month? Well, I slept great. I feel great. I've lost ten hey. pounds. Whatever. It's like, Well, okay. Then why are you so excited to jump back on the wagon? I can't. Yeah, right. I can't wait to poison myself. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, as we're talking, I'm having myself a nice athletic brewing. Huge plug, beautiful for you guys. Um, but Heath, how if somebody wants one, how do we do it? 
Go to the website and order. It's goarogoaro.com. We started shipping yesterday, so they are available and ready to ship within you know, 24 hours. Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm excited to get mine. I'm also excited to see the evolution of this. Yeah, me too. Like you said, I mean, yeah, there's a, just sitting here uh, for more, for two seconds thinking about it, there, there's, there's so many different applications. You can see this. Um, yeah. And that's the, that's one of the fun parts of starting a business is just to see what it turns into. You know, you have these ideas and then you get it out in the marketplace and like, oh, I didn't think of that. And then, you know, you move in that direction. So yeah, I'm excited as well. Heath, so, thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks for, for breaking. What, well, thanks for being vulnerable enough to, to even talk about some of these things. And, and, and again, just finding this thing that, that's an obstacle for you and, and uh, making some changes around it and then offering that to the world. So little lifelines everywhere. Yeah, same. Appreciate you having me. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks to Heath Wilson for joining us here on the Consequence of Habit podcast. Do me a favor. Head on over to the website. If, you're, if you like what we're doing, you want to support it, there's a donate button there. You can... You can be part of this movement. This podcast is hosted by me, JT Frank, and produced by Anthony Palmer from Palm Tree Pod. Best in the business. If you guys have any questions, hit me up, info at consequenceofhabit.org. That's it. Have a great week.